hello to my podcast audience. What's up to my Instagram live audience? Uh, this is going to be absolutely gold today, right? So I'm going to be talking about how to overcome self-sabotage and the all or nothing mentality, of course, relating to health and fitness and how to get into the shape of your life. I'm sure people can resonate with this, right, in terms of self-sabotage because it's very, very common. And to be honest, some of my highest performing clients struggled with self-sabotage. Now, I'd like to, you know, briefly explain self-sabotage and what it is and, you know, how it can impact you, right? Especially when it comes to your health and fitness goals. What I like to call it, right? I like to call it, uh, let me just read out the, uh, the term here for you, right? In terms of what self-sabotage actually is, right? Uh, the term self-sabotage, right, is used when it's like destructive behavior, right, which is directed at yourself, okay? I'm sure people can resonate with this. And this is very common in like type A personalities. Uh, like I said before, the kind of person that I work with and optimize your body, right? The type of client I take on generally, not always, uh, they're high performers and they're type A's. You know, at first, it might be something that you don't even notice, but it's basically when negative habits just consistently undermine your efforts, right? And it can be considered like a form of psychological self-harm, if you like, right? I know that sounds a little bit extreme, uh, but essentially, that's, that's basically what it is. So let me just uh, make sure I can see, yeah, that the thing is all good. Okay, fantastic. So basically, let's talk about my experience with it first and how to manage this. Right now, we've just had the, uh, the Easter weekend, right, ladies and gents? And obviously, this is a good time, I thought, to talk about this. You know, some people might be fine. You might have perfect balance in your life. Congratulations. Most people don't, right? And it, it can be a challenge. So, you know, for example, my experience before, I've mentioned this before, but I want to just like kind of reinforce this. You know, I used to really struggle with this. I used to be world's worst, essentially, uh, with self-sabotage. And, you know, my big thing was, as I mentioned before, like, you know, binge eating or emotionally eating, whatever you want to call it, and basically just extreme behaviors, essentially, partying too much in my 20s, et cetera. And basically just it was really impeding my life and having a negative impact on my mental health on you know my relationships on you know even how my body looked right because now i'm in you know fantastic shape all year round i was in fantastic shape then but i would just overeat on weekends right so my self sabotage superpower was mainly kind of overeating i would say a poor relationship with alcohol and that was mainly it but to give you an example of what i call self sabotage superpowers you know, you've got procrastination, you've got self-doubt, you've got perfectionism, you've got emotional eating. And all of these things can be destructive and they can get in the way. And effectively, they can be destructive in terms of you making progress in whatever, whatever area of your life that is, right? But obviously, I'm going to stay in my lane and, and relate everything, everything to fitness, right? Now, I'm going to give you another recent example. So I managed to cut a long story short, obviously in my 20s, partying too much, etc. And then, obviously, when I got into bodybuilding, I used to essentially overeat every weekend for about two years, right? Even when I wasn't competing for the stage, because of the restricted behaviors to get on stage and compete at a high level, and I competed like nine times in total, right? Uh, that then was just causing me problems, right? Because then even when I wasn't competing on the weekends, you know, on a Friday night, for example, I would have like, you know, I don't know, a pizza or something. And then the whole weekend, and then I would, I would go overboard and have a, I couldn't just have a pizza, I would then have like Ben and Jerry's afterwards or chocolate or whatever. And then the next day I would be self-loathing. The inner critic would kick in. I would be in my own head beating myself up. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. Then I would go to the gym and it was like I was driven by self-hate. Essentially, I was like, right, what I'm going to do now is I would, go, I, I would always, always plan to do a leg session the next day, for example. But what I would then do when I would overeat, which would be a common pattern, I would go to the gym 
and I would absolutely punish my legs, for example, right? Because I didn't really, I was a little bit insecure about my legs at that point, right? And I would just hammer my legs. And then that's just a vicious cycle then because you're punishing yourself in the gym. And then, you know, Saturday night would come around then, for example, did a massive leg session. Then I would be like, you know, cut back all day. Then I go overboard. And that was just a, that was just a vicious cycle, right? And how did I overcome that? I'll, I'll get deep into that and to, in terms of how I overcame it and stuff, right? But ultimately, I wanted to share a recent lesson with you as well, right? And these, this podcast and Instagram Live is almost like therapy for me, right? But I know you're going to get a ton of value from it. Now, recently, for the whole year, I basically didn't drink. I don't drink much anyway nowadays, right? I literally normally just have a few drinks here and there. But last year, for example, for six months of the year, not back to back, like three months at the start of the year and then three months towards the end of the year, I didn't drink at all, not a drop. And I felt better, of course, right? Uh, like I say, not that I drink much, but I did notice a little bit of a difference. And it's more just a case of abstinence, right? Having the discipline to abstain from things. One thing I'm not going to abstain from, my friend, is coffee, right? Forget about that one. But alcohol, you know, it's effectively terrible for your health, right? Let's not deny it. Uh, but not to go too much down that rabbit hole. I told my clients about this last week. And that's another thing, ladies and gents, right? In the fitness space, what you're going to look at is there's a lot of people out there who don't tell you the full story, right? When it comes to people in good shape or people you, and I don't want to be negative, but you know, some people, not all, there's a lot of great people in the fitness space that share. I'm not saying everyone has to share their struggles. That's fine. But I think showing people the real you as much as possible, like there's certain things I'm not going to share on social media, to be honest, but a lot of stuff I do share. But what you're going to look at is a lot of people put their best foot forward, for example, on social media. Whereas me, over the years, I've managed to build the courage to actually share the shit that I've struggled with, the stuff I still struggle with, right? So just bear that in mind. I wanted to just share that when you look at social media, you look at other people uh, who are in fantastic shape, and they might show you all the good foods they're eating. They might not necessarily be showing you the other stuff they're doing because they might think, oh, you know, this is you know going to make me look weak or it's going to make me kind of not look disciplined or whatever that is, right? So bear that in mind. That being said, there's a lot of people out there who are just fully transparent. And they share not only their struggles, but how they overcome those things, which is really, really important. So getting back to my recent lesson, my recent lesson, right? Now, I didn't drink all year. It was my girlfriend's birthday, basically, uh, weekend before last, uh, right at the end of March. And I thought, right, I'm going to have a couple of drinks, right? Didn't drink for three months. It was March the 31st, exactly. So I thought, perfect. So I had a couple of drinks, had probably two or three more than I needed to, had a bad impact on my sleep. The next day, then, I went for a sauna with my girlfriend. She doesn't even drink, by the way. Had a couple of drinks again. I fancied a few pale ales. I like pale ale. That's my thing, right? Is, believe it or not, beer, right? Anyway, long story short, I like to have a few of them. Have one too many on the Saturday. I had a great time with Janine. It was a fantastic day. Uh, then it impacted my sleep again, right? So obviously, knock on effects, and they didn't feel too good. Then I had a meetup with my clients, my Sydney clients. Shout out to all my Sydney clients and all my clients, actually. But long story short, anyway, met up with them, had a coffee with them in the, in the morning, and then I happened to be at a place where my good friend lives, who I hadn't seen for a while, met up with him, then I ended up having a couple more drinks on the so was in the afternoon. So that was three days where I drank alcohol, right? This is someone who doesn't drink. And I drank a, a bit more than I usually do. So as you can imagine, then the Monday, I was put to the test mentally, right? I didn't feel too good. Three nights of not good sleep. You know what it's like, right? I perform high. I feel fantastic 99% of the time. So it hits me harder nowadays, right? So the lesson that I learned, right? And I'm going to tie this into what I'm talking about with self-sabotaging the inner critic a negative self-talk, right? Because this will sabotage your health and fitness goals, like guaranteed, if you're stuck in this cycle. So ultimately, while I tell myself this line works a treat for me, and don't, don't get me wrong, I still go back into self-loathing and the inner critic, right? It would, 
the negative self-talk is still loud, right? It takes you a few days to get back to normal, really, right? If you ask me, I always say to myself, it's happening for me, not to me. So whenever these little mishaps happen, right? Uh, anything in life, whether that be my relationship, whether that be my behaviors, whether that be whatever, right? Business. I always tell myself, right, this is happening for me, not to me. Because when you say this is happening to me, oh, you know, why is this happening to me? Why do I feel like this? Why do I keep sabotaging my goals, et cetera, et cetera? You're playing the victim, right? And the victim mindset doesn't get anyone anywhere, right? Now, we all do it at times. We all fall into the victim mode, right? And we've all been there, right? But ultimately, you've got to snap the hell out of that, right? Because that's going to keep you stuck, right? So when you say it's happening for me, for example, this lesson, I drank too much alcohol or I ate too much food on Easter weekend or whatever, right? It's happening for me, not to me, right? Instead of saying, oh, you know, why is this happening to me, et cetera? This is happening for me, right? I needed this lesson. I always look at everything as a lesson. Now I take a step back, try my best to be stoic about it and say, right, this was a lesson I needed and it's going to make me better as a person. It's going to make me grow more as a person and essentially just become more resilient, right? So that, that you've got to have a chat with yourself when those things happen. So I wanted to share that. That helped me last Monday. And then by Tuesday, I bounced back. I was fine, right? Just a lack of sleep more than anything, I think. And obviously, don't get me wrong, obviously the toxic uh, elements of alcohol are not going to help but I think it was the lack of sleep. So essentially I learned my lesson because this weekend then we went to the Blue Mountains and basically I just had, I had a couple of, literally had two or three drinks with my food two days in the daytime. Obviously didn't impact my sleep, cut it off there, learned my lesson, right? Simple as that. So if anyone's got any questions, by the way, and this is going to be helpful for my podcast audience anyway, you can ask at the end. So hold fire on your questions and you can ask, you know, my time is, well, to, to a certain extent, I haven't got all day, but I'll stay on at the end and answer questions, right? Because I want to give you the time. Um, so if you've got any questions, you can ask at the end. And yeah, all good. I've got a few awesome clients here today, by the way. Uh, Marcos, what's going on, my man? Yeah, awesome. So boom. Yeah, we're just going to check the chat now as well. My client, Carissa. Wow, this is happening for me rather than to me as deep. I can relate to that with my special needs son. You can apply that to so much in my life. Absolutely. By the way, anyone listening back to this or watching this, go and follow Carissa, Carnival Carissa, my client and buddy on Instagram. Her page is incredible. Her content's incredible and her story's inspiring, right? So go and check her out, Carnival Carissa. All right. So anyway, where was I? Right. So let's get into like the, the how do we solve these problems, right? How do we solve these problems? Hey, I'll answer that question. By the way, that's a great question. What do you think of the abstaining versus moderating? That's a fantastic question, my friend. And uh, Lindsay, yeah? Uh, I'll answer that at the end, 100%. So stay on the line. So basically, let's get into the, like how we solve these problems, how I help people overcome these problems, and how I've overcome these things myself, right? Now, the inner critic, now this, we had a, a live guest come on and do a talk about this. Basically, Mandy Sinclair, shout out Mandy Sinclair on managing self-sabotage, right? And you know, I'm not going to go too deep into the psychology because I'm not a therapist. It's not really my wheelhouse going into the deep stuff. I'm the fitness guy, right? So I'm going to stay in my lane, but I'm going to make it specific. Now, when it comes to the inner critic, what Mandy says is having a name for your inner critic, right? Now, I'm going to be fully honest. Doesn't work for me. Tried it. Doesn't work. I mean, I'm not going to say it doesn't work. I probably haven't put enough work in and enough intensity into trying to have a separate name for my inner critic. So negative self-talk, uh, self-criticism. You know when you get that inner voice? Like, for example, you can relate to this. You might go overboard on the weekend. You might drink too much alcohol. You might do something that you regret. We all make mistakes daily or most of the time. And then you're beating yourself up. You're in your own head. You're punishing yourself in your own head. The inner critic pops up 
and it starts hammering you, right? With this negative set. Why did you do that? You're stupid. You know, you're always going to be overweight. That can be anything at all, right? And it's, it's catastrophic. Let's be honest, right? If you let that voice overpower you. So that's why the specialist, Mandy, says you need to separate that inner critic to the real you. Because ultimately, it's not you. They're just thoughts, right? So having a name for your inner critic. Now, I didn't really do that. But Mandy's name, for example, was Deirdre. I'm not sure if anyone here, uh, in the anyone from the UK, long story short, it's a character on like this TV series in the UK. Anyway, her inner critic was called Deirdre. And whenever she would get into her own head or beat herself up, whether she was overeating, whether she was whatever, right? She would then just have a chat with Deirdre and say, that's okay. Thanks for popping up, Deirdre. You know what I mean? I appreciate it, but I, I'm going to move forward now. And that's what is effective, allegedly. Uh, effect, uh, a lot of people get benefit from that. It doesn't work for me. Uh, the other thing then is, I'm not, I'm not going to say it doesn't work for me. I haven't put enough work into doing that because I have other methods that work for me. Uh, but the other thing then is, is basically, uh, what was the other thing? Basically, when you have this negative, what you got to ask yourself is, like, would you speak to a best friend like that, right? Let's talk about body image, right? Because this is a common thing. People look at themselves in the mirror and they might not like certain parts of their body, right? Let's, let's just say it, right? Cellulite, for example. This is a common problem and it's very common with a lot of females, right? Look in the mirror, guys. You, you know, you, we can say for guys, it might be the beer belly or whatever, right? But let's just go with cellulite for now. Women look in the mirror and, and they're looking for the flaws. Even guys, guys look into the mirror. A lot of the times, you know, there's, there's times we feel good about ourselves and we're proud about our body, et cetera, depending on where you're at in your journey. But a lot of times we're looking for the flaws, right? So let's go back to cellulite, look in the mirror, and then you might get that voice pop up where it's like, you know, oh, you know, I hate your, your legs. Are, your legs are horrible, for example. You know what I mean? Your legs are fat. It can be anything at all, right? You know, I've heard all sorts of stuff come out of people's mouths. I'm not going to go too much into that. But ultimately, that can be a major problem, right? So would you speak to your best friend like that? Would you say that if your friend, for example, had cellulite, would you look at that friend and go, your cellulite's horrendous? You know what I mean? You wouldn't say those words, right? You wouldn't say those words. You wouldn't speak to a best friend like you speak to your bell, yourself or sometimes. And I caught myself this last week when I, the, the scenario I was talking about, I had to check myself. So you've got you've to step back and go, right, you need to treat, speak to yourself like someone you care about. Now, at times, you have to be hard on yourself at the same time, but that doesn't mean beating yourself up. Having a rational, logical chat with yourself in the mirror sometimes, if you're slipping up, or having a mentor, having a coach uh, who you're open with, who can put you in line, but not say it in a way where it's going to be negative or not constructive, saying it in a way where it's going to be constructive, it's going to help you have the realization, okay, this is something I need to improve on and move forward. So the negative self-talk, would you speak to a best friend like that? You need to treat your body like someone you care about and not someone you hate effectively, right? So that was an example. Uh, and that's another thing that you need to tell yourself when you have that inner critic pop, pop up. And this is all relating to, you know, the all or nothing mentality or, you know, self-sabotage, right? So I'm just going to get into how I overcame this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop some gems here in general now with the all or nothing mentality, self-sabotage, how I overcame it and how I've helped hundreds of clients get into the shape of their life physically and mentally and overcome you know, the all or nothing mentality. So, and then we're going to get into a Q&A, right? So this is going to be short and sweet and, and very much just punchy and to the point. So it is a long story, but I'm going to cut it short, right? So how did I overcome these behaviors and get to where I'm at now, right? So where I'm at now is I'm literally in the shape of my life, physically, mentally, emotionally, financially. I'm just going to say it straight up, right? Think I'm 35 years old, right? It didn't happen overnight. 
you know, like I said, my twenties, I wouldn't regret any of it. I learned a lot in my twenties. It was character building, but effectively I didn't make some of the best decisions. Right. But I've learned from those things. And obviously I moved to Australia. I don't want to go too much into my life story, but I moved to Australia six years ago. And that change of environment definitely helped. But to be honest, I was overcoming these issues prior to moving here. Right now, for example, let's talk about overeating, poor relationship with food. I effectively, when I moved to Australia, I, prior to that, I was, I'd overcome, I'd started overcoming those things. And that's because I, I'd had mentors, right? So I was listening to certain people. I was taking advice off people high up in the fitness space. For example, I'm going to shout them out right here and now because they were absolutely helped me transform my way of thinking, my relationship with food and everything else. Mind pump, shout out mind pump, right? They got the number one and obviously, it makes sense, right? They've got the number one health and fitness uh, podcast in the world right now, yeah? Uh, and those guys really, really helped me. They were my mentors, to be honest. Uh, I have one or two others as well. And ultimately, learning from the right people and having mentors, right? Reading certain books as well. But ultimately, you know, knowledge is only potential power, right? Knowledge isn't shit. We have more information to us, available to us than any other time in human history right now, right? But why is... If it was as simple as information, right, and having ideas, there's loads of ideas out there on social media right nowadays, okay, then everyone will be billionaires walking around with six-pack abs, right? If it was just the information or the ideas that we needed, it's not that, it's implementation. And for me and for anyone else, when it's people you respect, okay, people you look up to and you respect, okay, you're going to implement, all right, for the most part. You're going to implement. It's as simple as that. That's why... Having a mentor, right? And I have a mentor now, uh, like a professional mentor who, you know, I pay. I hired a mentor three years ago, right? And it's that's been life-changing for me as well. People you respect, you look up to, you're going to basically... The thing is you can... And I don't want to go... This is all relating to me moving to Australia, environment and everything else. But, you know, we, we talk about validation from other people and people are like, oh, you know, they try and avoid the concept of getting validation from other people. You can't change that. Humans are wired for validation from other people, right? And ultimately, you can either get validation from the wrong people, okay, and the wrong habits and behaviors. For example, you know, and my mates, uh, I still, I'm still friends with them right now, right? But my friends back home, you know, we were partying and everything else. We had a great time. But ultimately, I was getting validated for the wrong things, right? And that's ultimately drinking, partying, and all the rest of, all the, rest of the stuff that comes with that, right? Which I won't go too much into. So you can probably relate to this. If you're around the wrong people, you're going to get validated, right, for the wrong things, if that makes sense, and almost encourage the things like self-sabotage, poor behaviors with alcohol, food, whatever that is, which are going to keep you stuck, okay? On the flip side, you get validated or you get encouraged as well for the right things. For example, with me, mentor now, obviously business and mindset, you know, I'm getting encouragement. I'm around other people just like me uh, who are striving to impact more people, change more lives uh, within the fitness space. And I'm getting encouragement and validation for the right things now. You know what I mean? For actually helping people, doing it the right way, et cetera. And that goes to like behaviors as well. When I moved to the other side of the world, uh, again, going on a bit of a tangent here now, moved here to offer to Australia from the UK, changed my environment. That helped, you know, just, just basically being in a better, living a better lifestyle, et cetera. Uh, ultimately, your thoughts and your ideas and your beliefs and your behaviors are going to follow you wherever you go in the world. So that's not, that's never going to be the answer moving away. But for me, you know, I only plan on coming here for a year. It's been life-changing for me, but I was already transforming before that, right? So another thing, right, I wanted to talk about is adding, uh, so let's talk about food. Let's go into the weeds about relationship with food, right? 
Now, a lot of people, when they're trying to overcome, like let's say binge eating or poor relationship with food or continuous emotional eating on weekends and just sabotaging your, you know, your weight loss goals or your fitness goals, what a lot of people do is they try and restrict, okay? So they try and, right, okay, I'm eating these foods, uh, drinking too much alcohol. I'm going to cut all these foods out now, okay? I'm going to abstain. Fantastic. Looks good on paper, doesn't it? For the most part, it's not abstain. It's not sustainable, right? Now, don't get me wrong. You do want to be removing those foods, but you've got to do it using a different approach, okay? So my approach and my approach with clients, I'm always looking at, like, let's just talk about my situation when I was overeating every weekend, you know what I mean? I started adding in, again, learning from people like MindPub and other mentors, right? I started adding in things I was missing, right? Okay, so the big thing was me with me was my gut health, right? I was I would overeat. It was effectively sometimes it was binge eating where I would eat through pain, essentially, right? I'm not proud of that, where I would eat Domino's, then I would have Ben and Jerry's, then I would have a bowl of oats with like almond butter in and stuff after it. Then I would go try and go to sleep and no shit, I would get gut issues. So I started getting these excruciating gut issues. I remember lying in bed one night going, I got, I got to change this shit, right? So what I started doing then was just slowly just, I was already eating whole foods in the week, but the weekends would become like, and, and even on the weekends, but it would just become, I would eat so much in one sitting on like a Friday and Saturday night, for example, that it would just sabotage, right? Um, so anyway, long story short, I started adding in more foods I was missing. I started adding in more vegetables. I started adding in more good quality animal sources, meat effectively, just eating more protein from real food rather than having... And this is a big one. Rather than having protein bars and loads of protein, I used to have protein powder, which had like lots of artificial sweeteners in there. Now, those artificial sweeteners are like 200 times sweeter than sugar. So I would be, I would have sometimes two or three of them a day mixing it in with my oats because it's purely, they're purely designed for flavor. They don't give a shit about health, right? And though it's just not going to be ideal. You're just going to be chasing the taste rather than, you know, the health benefits. So for me, it was like, right, let's start adding in more whole foods, cut along more fats as well. I would start adding in more avocado all of all those kind of things, the fats from eggs and red meat, those kind of things slowly. And no shit, then I started feeling better. My gut health started improving. And I started over time, it didn't happen overnight. Over the space of years, to be honest, I started getting less and less desire for those ultra-processed foods. And like I always say, those ultra-processed foods are designed to make us overeat, right? So it's a case of adding in. And it, the same goes for clients, right? Let's have a look how much protein you're having. Let's have a look at the quality of the protein you're having, right? Where are you getting the, the protein from? Which foods, essentially? Let's have a look at your fatty acid balance, right? Your fats, essentially. Are you getting a good balance of fats in? Are you getting them from the right foods, right? How much sugar are you eating on a daily basis, okay? And by adding in more protein and, and balancing out the fats a bit more, in other words, let's get more omega-3s, less omega-9s, sorry, less omega-6s, without going too much into the weeds there, boom. What happens then is naturally they start to feel more satiated. They start to get more sustained energy. And over time, they start getting less desire for those ultra-processed foods or, you know, refined sugar, okay? So it's adding in instead of taking away. And that's why I always talk about things like fasting. You know, I've been doing intermittent fasting for how long now? Probably around about before I moved to Oz. Before I moved to Oz, I think it's about six years. But I really started, I think about seven years I've been, no, probably even longer than that. I was even doing, doing it for a bodybuilding comp actually back in 2016. Anyway, years I've been fasting for, but I don't look at it as fasting. Right. Because when you start going, you know, the average person is struggling to restrict calories, struggling to lose fat and lose weight, losing weight, gaining it back. Right. And then you're going to try and fast and starve yourself when you've been struggling to restrict food for X amount of years. And then you think the answer is going to be, I'm going to fast. It's a terrible, it's a terrible approach to have, my friend. Right. Fasting is something I implement with clients as a tool once they've 
done the things I've said. They've improved food quality, first and foremost. They're eating predominantly whole foods. Uh, they're naturally having more protein, you know, and, and a few other boxes need to be ticked before we, we get to that point of fasting for the most part, right? So, you know, that's what you're going to look at. And because when you say fasting, you're taking away again, right? You're taking away rather than adding, okay? And ultimately, I've just put a post on Instagram now as well, right? On it was the, the title was Get More. What was it? Eat More to Get Ripped, right? And it's not that simple, right? You can't eat like an asshole, obviously. But when you start eating more high-volume, low-calorie foods, such as like, you know, vegetables and fruit, like I've said before, I don't eat vegetables. doesn't work well for my gut. But I'm not going to go into that, down to that rabbit hole now. I eat meat. I'm eating like purely carnivore right now, right? And some fruit, but primarily just carnivore. But long story short, without going into that again, ultimately, you know, I'm eating whole foods, single-ingredient foods. I feel like I eat a lot. I don't never feel restricted. And guess what? I'm shredded, all right? But obviously, that's going to come down to years of training and uh, good quality sleep and everything else, right? So that's a little gem I wanted to drop there as well. And just to kind of wrap this up now, right? I mentioned about mentors, right? Like when it comes to success, forget about business, all those kind of things. I could talk about that. But, you know, again, I'm the fitness guy. When it comes to you getting into the shape of your life, basically changing the way you think, right? Your relationship with yourself, your relationship with food, because ultimately your relationship with food says more about your relationship with yourself than if there's anything else. And you getting sustainable results. First and foremost, getting the best results you've had with your physique and health and fitness and results that you can keep, okay? Most people can get in shape, I'm going to be honest, right? Most people cannot stay in shape. They cannot get sustainable progress. It's another animal, right? Getting results that you can keep because effectively you have to make permanent changes, not temporary changes. That is bullshit. Anyone could do that. Most people do that every January. They try and make changes and they don't stick to them. 80% of people don't stick to their New Year's resolutions, for example, right? Sustainable results is where we're over 90% of people fail. I'm sure you can relate to this, okay? You have to have a mentor. You have to have someone that you can, and I'm not, you know, a coach or a mentor or someone you look at. It doesn't have to necessarily be a coach that you hire, although that is going to be ideal for the most part. You have to be uh, have someone or uh, certain people you look up to that's who are having a positive influence that you can actually mimic or not mimic, but you can actually take things from them, extract it and implement it, right? But ultimately working with a coach or having a mentor, like I say, I have a mentor now who I work with and I pay handsomely, but I don't look at it as an outgo. And I look at it as an investment into me, into me becoming a better person, improving my mindset, you know, impacting more people, building my business, et cetera. But I've had to have mentors with fitness and I've been a trainer and bear in mind, when I had mentors back then, I'd been a trainer for over a decade, right? And I still had to have mentors to help me overcome my relationship with food, right? And get to the next level with everything, right? So having mentors is critical for every area of your life, right? Especially when it comes to health and fitness though, right? You have to learn from the best and you have to take the guesswork out and be able to just implement the right things. That's the big one here, my friend. It's not information. It's what are you implementing, right? That you can stick to and that improving the quality of your life. It's as simple as that, right? Another thing as well I wanted to share as well, I'm kind of going everywhere here, but this is a big one, planning fun things for the weekend, right? So for example, we just had the Easter weekend. You know what it's like? We like to drink, we like to be social or whatever, most people, or you like to eat or whatever, right? On the weekends, you might have family stuff, you might be going out with friends, whatever, cool. Um, but when you're getting sucked into those circles, especially when it comes to drinking, for example, it's going to hold you back, right? 
So planning fun things for the weekend. I always say this to clients, right? You know, what are you doing fun for the, what, what, what fun have you got planned for the weekend, right? Planning fun shit, which doesn't involve drinking, right? If your main source of joy, I'm just going to be upfront with you, right? If your main source of joy, right, is coming from drinking every weekend, right, excessively, right? You got some sort of void in your life that you're not addressing, right? Um, but that's cool. If you still want to do that for the rest of your life, that's fine. Like, I, I, I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm just saying, if you know you can do better and you want to improve yourself, you want to feel better mentally, you want to look better physically, then you have to get your joy from other areas, right? Like, you have to find joy. And that's something that I've done. I get joy from other things now. I get joy from just simply going for a walk. You know what I'm saying? With my, my girlfriend, reading, reading my book in the evening, going to the beach and listening to a podcast, having a sauna. You know what I mean? Having an ice bath is painful as fuck, but I feel fantastic afterwards, right? You know, doing jujitsu. Uh, but planning fun stuff for the weekend, going for hikes. You know, it doesn't have to cost money. Going for a walk in nature on the weekend, doing something different. Like, you know, even if it is going to cost you a couple of quid, it's going to save you a hell of a lot more than what you would spend going out, maybe eating loads of meals or whatever and drinking. It's going to save you money if you, I don't know, rock climbing comes to mind, right? Random shit I'm throwing out here, right? You have to plan fun shit for the weekends. Right. Um, that's a big one. If you got if you just like get into the weekend and you're like feeling stressed, you've had a busy week, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then you're just going out and you're releasing steam by just drinking or whatever or turning the food, then that's the self-sabotage or the all or nothing mentality is just gonna it's just gonna stay on repeat and usually gonna go by and you're just gonna get a steady decline with with your body, with your health and everything else. I'm gonna be straight up with you, which is why having the right people, having the right sparring partners around you, a good analogy I like to use is you know, if you're gonna I use jujitsu as an example now, right? If I'm going to spar with someone, if I'm going to spar with a white belt, I'm white belt, I'll be a blue belt soon, but I'm a white belt. And if I roll with other white belts, um, it depends on the white belt, to be honest, but generally going to be, you know, it's going to be kind of even, or I'm probably going to be dominant, right? If I roll with a blue belt, who's one belt above me, it's going to be more challenging. And the likelihood of me submitting them, for example, is much lower. And I'm probably going to learn a lot more. If I roll with a purple belt, on the other hand, which is another level altogether, I'm going to get schooled, okay? Uh, and I'm, I'm just going to be trying to survive and not get submitted, essentially, right? So I'm going to learn a lot more about defense and stuff like that. So you have to have the right sparring partners in life, right? And especially when it comes to health and fitness, which is why our community, Carissa will tell you, Marcos will tell you on the call now, on the live now, that having those people around you, like-minded people around you who want to see you succeed, who are also growth-minded and trying to improve and, and trying to improve themselves daily, and also share similar struggles to you, which they've overcome. They've had great transformations. Uh, some of them, basically, you know, they are learning from lessons. So you can learn from them, so you don't have to make the same mistakes. Is what I'm trying to say. Also, you get that encouragement, and you have like-minded people who you respect. Going back to what I said, you have to be around people who you respect, and you're going to get. I don't like to use the word validation, but essentially, that's what it is. It's like, well done. Share your win. Fantastic. For example, uh, I'm just going to use a random example that comes to mind now. Shout out to Brian Cassidy. Uh, he shared a win into the group last week. He basically, within his within 90 days, this is within about two months, actually, or maybe about eight, 10 weeks, he basically dropped 11 pounds. He lost 11 pounds of body fat, right? And gained 11 pounds of muscle. Do you understand how insane that is in a short amount of time? More importantly, he was actually in the pre-diabetic range prior to starting. We got him out of that pre-diabetic range, right? Within five weeks, I think it was, right? So he had all his bloods done. And the doctor was like, what have you been doing, right? 
So I said, so he shared that into the group. He had some encouragement. You know what I mean? He's getting validated for doing the right. I'm going to use that word. I don't know if that's the right word to use, but ultimately he's getting encouraged and validated for the work he's put in, for the habits he's been changing uh, and for turning his life around within that space of time, right? And that's going to keep him going. You know what I mean? He doesn't need that, but it helps. Compliments, encouragement, validation. So that's a big one I wanted to take away from this, right? And then cut a long story short now. I love saying that, don't I? Uh, the last thing I wanted to share, right, is uh, I always talk about this is my main message. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up with this, right, pretty much, is focusing on health over aesthetics, right? So when you focus on the way your body looks and that's your main focus, one, you're always going to end up disappointed because there's always going to be areas for improvement. Two, you're not going to get long-term results living like that. When I was talking about the binge eating and stuff, I was in amazing shape, my friend. I'm not going to lie. Physically, I was still in the less than 1% of physiques on the planet in terms of how I looked, probably way less than that. But I didn't look anywhere near as, as good as I look now because I didn't care too much about health then, right? All I focus, always focused on is like, let's improve my legs. Let's improve this body part, right? How do I get my abs more popping, you know? And I, I was constantly searching for that. So I was disregarding health. Whereas when I had the pain, and I don't want you to go through this, you don't need to, you need to learn from me, right? Like when I was getting the issue with my guts and I was overeating and I was lying in bed in agony from the binge eating, that's when I was like, fuck, I got to do something about this. Like, you know, I had, to, I had to have a look in the mirror and go, Ma, what are you doing, bro? Like, what the hell are you doing to yourself? You know what I mean? And that's when I started going, oh, okay. When I start eating these foods, yeah, my gut health improved, you know? Oh, wow. Okay. My, I don't get these gut issues anymore. My digestion's improved. And then my sleep started improving as a side effect. And then guess what? My energy levels started improving. And the big one for me, because I'm all about, obviously, performance in the gym, right? I uh, switched up my training methods, right? So I was actually training the full body instead of doing split body part and taking care of myself better. The strength results I saw within like three weeks were the best I've ever seen in my life. I hit some PBs, which I haven't even been able to hit since then. And that's when I was like, wow, what I'm doing here with nutrition and the way I'm treating my body now, it's working. You know what I mean? It's really working. And that's a really important marker for you to pay attention to, my friend, is strength. When you're getting stronger week on week in the gym, your body's going to look better. You have to be healthy. You have to get decent sleep. You have to be generally eating. Well, you have to be eating well, of course, and having high proteins. You have to be, quote unquote, healthy to be able to get drastic strength gains, for example. So focus on health over aesthetics. Okay. That's what I want to kind of, uh, almost wrap this up with, right? So um, yeah, so you need a sustainable approach, my friend. If, you, if you're struggling, if you're spinning your wheels with health and fitness, with your health and fitness goals, you're struggling to achieve the body that you want. You might be putting the work in, in the gym or showing up in the gym, but your body's not reflecting the work you're doing because your behaviors outside of the gym, whether that's related to your behaviors with food or nutrition or lifestyle stuff or a bit of both, then ultimately you're always going to be held back. You're always going to be stuck in a rut. And you're never going to reach your full potential. I'm just going to say it how it is, right? So if you do you know, need help with any of this, right? If you're on my live right now, just simply drop me a message with what you're struggling with, right? Uh, let me know what's holding you back the most and what your goals are, uh, what your main goal is and what's holding you back the most. And either way, I'm happy to help. So I'm happy to shoot the shit with you. Worst case scenario, I can point you in the right direction. Or you might potentially be a good fit for the program. But to be honest, I don't work with everyone. You know, I only work with a certain type of client that I know I can serve very well rather than working with every Tom, Dick, and Harry and giving an average service. But you're going to get value from having a conversation anyway. So drop me a DM. And if you're listening back to the podcast, 
I would say just to drop me a DM as well, and we can shoot the shit at Martin Silver Fitness. Just drop me a DM on Instagram, or if you don't use Instagram, listen back to the podcast. Just simply, uh, just basically click the link in my. Well, actually, yeah, just drop me an email, admin at optimizeyourbody.com. But back and forth on emails is is just it doesn't really work. You know what I mean? To be honest, so you're better off just drop me a DM at Martin Silver Fitness, or simply go to my Instagram at Martin Silver Fitness. Uh, click the link in my bio and fill out the coaching inquiry form, right? And what I was going to say as well, I want to add some value here as well. Another thing I was going to say is I'm happy to send you over this. It was arguably one of the best masterminds we've had within Optimize Your Body Coaching Program. And it was uh, Mandy Sinclair, the expert who came in and she basically, she's an expert on mindset, essentially loads of different areas, helping people change the way they think to uh, either you know hit their health and fitness goals or to uh, build their business, et cetera. So she did a talk on managing self-sabotage, and I'm happy to share that with you. So for people listening back to the podcast, drop me a direct message and let me know again with what you're struggling with, right? What your biggest struggles are, and I'll send you over the link so you can watch it. Same goes for people watching this live. Send me a DM after this. Let me know what your biggest struggles are or biggest struggle is when it comes to your health and fitness goals, and I'll send you over either the link from Mandy Sinclair's uh, self-sabotage if I think it's going to be relevant for you. If not, I can send you over one of the other golden trainings that we had within Optimize Your Body Coaching Tribe because I've just had a coffee and I'm in a good mood. All right, so we're going to wrap this up now. I've got a few minutes remaining. Um, I'm going to just be listening back to the podcast. There's a few questions here, so hold fire. You might get value from this. I'm just going to read out some of the stuff in the chats to make sure I haven't missed any questions. I know there was one at the top here, which I might have missed. Uh, okay, Lindsay, what do you think of the abstaining versus moderating? I have a very addictive personality. That's a fantastic question. And obviously, I'm not a psychotherapist, disclaimer here, right? So I'm not going to give people therapy and I'm not going to do any psychoanalytic stuff, right? If that's even a word. But moderation, I was saying this on my story the other day, right? I'm going to give you a prime example. I went away to the Blue Mountains, uh, had some, uh, Janini and I had some food. We ate out, of course, et cetera. And I had literally, I think I had like two or three drinks each day with food, right? So it was very civilized. It was moderated, okay? Uh, and I felt fine. I didn't have the urge to have any more, to be honest. The weekend before, on the other hand, I hadn't drank in a while. And it, I was just, I wasn't moderating. I was just drinking way more than I normally do, right? And ultimately, moderation is difficult. It doesn't matter who you are. So normalize this, my friend, right? Moderation, remember this, Okay. Moderation is difficult. It does not matter who you are. Even people you look up to, you think they find it easy. They don't. It's not easy on most things. Don't get me wrong. Some people find it easier than others. Some people can have a couple of drinks and cut it off. Most people can't, generally, the average person. The same goes with processed foods. Some people, they can eat a bit of chocolate, have a, have a little. I don't know how people do that. I've got some clients who do that, and I'm like, how? Because those foods are not designed to be moderated. They're designed to make you eat the fuck out of them. So some people can do that. Most people can't, okay? So that's why I think there's some value in abstaining from certain things which might be holding you back. Alcohol. Well, we're doing a challenge in the group now. In our group, for example, we're doing a 30-day challenge for the month of April where we're doing a whole food challenge. And to be honest, most of my clients eat predominantly whole foods anyway, but you know, most of them have a little bit of processed foods here and there, right? But they've got balance. But what we're doing is a 30-day whole food challenge where clients are essentially, even over the Easter period, a lot of them are abstaining from any processed foods, anything which comes out of a packet, and they're just eating single-ingredient foods, okay, which is challenging, right? But that's an example of abstaining from ultra-processed foods. 
And then, for example, with alcohol. So what I always recommend, and, and look, I don't want to give advice on this because it depends where you're at. If you've got an addictive personality, you struggle with self-sabotage, this could actually add to the problem. Like as you said about restricting and abstaining and taking things away, this can actually cause what I call a symptom eruption. So if you remove something altogether, let's just say certain foods or even alcohol, what can happen is when you go back to that thing, that substance, you can then have a symptom eruption and just go all out because you enjoy the feeling, you haven't had it for a while, and then you, the old behaviors are still there. It takes time to, to, to change those behaviors. It's very hard to change behaviors, and it doesn't happen overnight. And then you might end up in a worse position because you might get sucked back into that habit. That's what most people do. Um, but just to answer the question, I wanted to be kind of in-depth with this because it's a, it's a tough one. But abstaining is essentially when you abstain from something. So what I would say, if you're going to abstain from alcohol, for example, right? Let's just say, let's use alcohol, right? Then I would say seven days, aim for seven days. Or even if it's, I don't want to go down the food thing because I think the approach can be, needs to be different with food for most people. But with alcohol, abstain for seven days. Set yourself that target of seven days first. I'm going to go for seven days without alcohol. Once you get the seven days, right? Boom, you've got some momentum. I'm going to go for 30 days, okay? When you get to 30 days, that's when you're really onto something then. That's when it's kind of a bit easier to keep it going, okay? And it depends on the person, but I think they say like 66 days or something to break a bad habit, to abstain from a certain habit, but, you know, it can take longer. For example, in my, my, my case, right, I didn't drink for three months this year, but I still went overboard, right? And that's me who's super disciplined, right? So there's some value in abstaining from things, okay? So I would say use that method if you're going to abstain from anything, seven days, then 30 days, and see how you feel, see how you go. Um, but moderation is going to come down to taking yourself out of the environment, my friend. You know what I mean? Because if you're around certain people, let's be honest, most people don't moderate. Most people do things in excess. If you're around those people, guess what? You're not going to moderate. So that environment is key as well, right? So I hope that was helpful. What else have we got here? The human brain is predisposed to looking for the negative in life to protect you emotionally, physically, and mentally, you need to teach the inner critic to talk in a constructive manner. Love that. Basically, the inner critic is a good thing. It's just about changing how your inner critic talks to you, your inner parent. Love that, right? And that's a good point. The inner critic is there to keep you alive. Ego is also there to keep you alive and to help you survive. But it can also be your worst enemy if you don't manage it. Uh, we had another question here. I'm just going to read out. I think there was one more here, or is that it? There was something else here. I think I might have missed one question here, or maybe not. All right, cool. Ladies and gents. I'm going to sign out. Thanks for joining in, join in with me. Uh, thanks for, for vibing with me. And you have a great day. Speak to you soon.